because I believe a man is supposed to take care of his woman. I don't care how much money your woman make. A man is supposed to have his mindset on taking care of his woman. Talk. I mean, this, you know, this, this may be a bit crude, but I mean, I don't know no other way to say it. Uh, I want to talk about um, booty calls. How's everybody doing? Hope you're doing well tonight. I just um, wanted to break in and have this conversation with you tonight. And hopefully I can get some people to come in. Please share this if you if you will, if you can. Share this with everyone that you possibly can. Um, thank you for joining me tonight. I was I was rushing to get here to share this. Hopefully my uh, signal is good. Hopefully my signal is good. Am I coming through pretty good? Am I coming through pretty good? Is my signal good? Before I get started. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I guess that means I am coming through good. Well, thank you for thank you for joining me tonight. Um, and I want to jump right in. Um, I put a post up, I think on Instagram, and I think in my community on YouTube as well. You know about as long as you allow. I forget the exact wording, but here's the gist of it. As long as you allow yourself to be someone's option, they will always play with you. They will, they will, they will continue to play with you. As long as you allow yourself to be an option, um, not a property necessity, but an option, uh, people will always play with you. You will never be able to extract respect from option status. Um, and how do you know you're an option? You know you're an option when uh, you're in a relationship with a person. This goes both ways, male or female. You know that you're just an option when they have you on a schedule and they've conditioned you to that schedule. You're just an option, you know. Um, every Friday at 9 o'clock, you're just an option. Um, periodically, frequently even, they break the, the, the normal standing time that you're supposed to be together. You're just an option. You're not, you're not a priority. You're not a necessity. Um, you're just an option. You know, they talk to you, speak to you, with disdain and disrespect, and they think nothing of it. You're just an option. As long as you allow yourself to stay in that position, you know, I'm telling you, it's, it's a no-win situation. And there are a lot of you that are in that position now, and you say, well, you know, it hurts so bad when I think about um, moving my life forward moving on from this thing. And my, my, my response always to that is you have to choose your pain. You either, you either choose the pain of disconnecting from 
something that is clearly poisoning you and ruining your life, you know, draining your future, you either suffer that pain now and heal and get better or you suffer the pain of losing your whole life to a situation that God never ordained, a situation that you were always better than to a person that should have never even gotten a conversation with you. Can you imagine what pain you're going to feel after you've wasted your whole life in option status to a person that made a lot of promises that they never fulfilled and are never going to fulfill? And you're just hanging on, you're just hanging on for dear life hoping and a wishing and a praying that, you know, something's going to change. Let me tell you, let me tell you something about this thing relative to praying, especially when you're in a posture where this person is not even your spouse and you're praying for God to change this person so that this person will be perfect for you. Um, God is not really in the business necessarily of changing a person's mind. If God were, if God were in the business of changing a person's mind or managing or manipulating a person's mind, he would manage and manipulate everyone's heart that they would accept him. But even man's relationship with God is contingent on the man's free will. So if you have another person who does not will to put you in that place who does not will to esteem you to, you know, a certain place in his or her life, it's kind of futile to ask God to intervene and to change their mind so that they will think and behave the way you need them to behave. When God respects the free moral agency of a person, meaning God respects a person's free will. If a person does not want you like that, you have to be smart enough, wise enough to read between the lines. And sometimes you don't have to read between the lines. It's just written out plainly on the paper. You, you just got to read it and you got to accept it. And you got to, you got to, you have to have more self-respect and self-love for you than to allow a person to toy with you and play with you and leave you hanging in option status. An option is something you can take or leave. It's not a necessity, and it is often not even a priority. You know, like, I suppose they still do this with cars. When I was younger and I had a real serious budget, and I would car, ask, you know, well, what do the options cost? And I would sit there and I'd be, you know, pondering, do I really need air conditioning? Do I really, do I really need power windows? These are options, you know, I can, I can wind these windows down. I, I don't have no problem with it because options are the things you can take or leave. They're not necessarily a necessity and they're often not even a priority to the, to the individual. Well, you don't ever want to be um, power windows to a person where they can say, mm, mm, I don't know. You think I need it? No, no, no. You want to be something like the engine. You want to be something like the steering wheel. You know what I mean? You, you don't want to be an option. You don't, you don't want anybody to occupy your life 
tie up your time that views you as air conditioning or not. See, if you're in the north, eh, I don't need no air conditioning. It's, it doesn't get that hot up here. Well, if you're in the south where I'm at, air conditioning is pro- probably a necessity. But you don't want to be in a position where a person is toying with you, you know, should I, shouldn't I, do I need, do I, do I want? You, you don't want to be there. And there's something about, especially when it comes down to a woman, because this message goes both ways. It really does. But it, I think it applies more to women than men because of obvious reasons. You have more women that take relationships very, very seriously than men. You know, men just move on because in a lot of cases, we as men are not, you know, very seldom are we, we really serious. You know, we, 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 you know, we grow up, but we don't mature quite often. And so, you know, we don't really take the relationship thing as seriously as women. So if something falls apart on us, we just move on to the next one because we never really invested. But for women, it becomes in more cases than not something very, very serious. And a woman usually wants a relationship to work. And sometimes you're you're making too big of an investment into somebody who is not really serious about you. And you have to have, again, listen to what I'm saying. You have to have the dignity and the self-respect to be able to recognize a thing for what it is, not provide value without price. In other words, don't allow a person to just run through your body, you know, just, just having sex with you for two years before you wake up and realize, oh, I've just been an option. No, 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 no. You, you, you got to have more dignity and self-respect and self-love than to just throw yourself at somebody and to just let people run through you and then finally come to the realization, the discernment that this person is just viewing me as a plaything. And you have to have enough self-respect and dignity that when the thing, when you, when it, when it clearly is what it is, you have to love yourself enough to walk away from that thing without apology, even if your heart has to break. You got, you got to be woman enough. You got to be uh, even you know, man enough, if you're in this position as a man, to be able to call the thing what it is, cut the thing off right where you find it. When you come to that truth, cut it off right there and move on with your life. Deal with what you got to deal with but preserve your dignity and your self-respect. Stop sitting around trying to do CPR on a corpse. This thing has been dead. In fact, it never lived. But you know, you just, you just are hoping and a wishing and a praying and all of this kind of thing because that broken consciousness in you has you so desperate for a relational status that many times, especially women, You're so desperate for um, a marriage, you're accepting many times something less than a husband. Now, I want to bring you to a biblical text. And this may be a little different way of looking at this text, because the way I've heard it, you know, even the way I've preached it, we always jump fast forward over the realities of this text. And we jump to Esther and we 
talk about the beautiful story of Esther and the king. Before there was Esther, uh, there was Vashti. And I want to read something to you. I want to read something to you. And I want us to just kind of look at it a little differently. And we're talking about a queen conscious woman will never allow herself to be handled like an option. A queen conscious woman, you all invite some people to come in here, will never allow herself to be handled or managed like an option. You're either going to handle me like a priority, like the priority I must be, or I'm out. You're not going, you're not going to disrespect and mishandle a queen conscious woman. Her self-respect, her self-love, and her dignity will not allow it. She will go home and allow her heart to be crushed and broken in pieces before she allows anybody to disrespect her and handle her like she's an option. If you are settling for option status, we know that we have work to do on your queen consciousness. You're still functioning as a woman from a place of broken consciousness. In other words, you don't really know who you are. You don't know your value and you don't esteem yourself high enough. That's why the energy you put out into the world always comes back to you as disrespect because that lack of dignity that you have is inviting that kind of behavior, inviting that kind of energy. But look in Esther chapter one, verses 10 through 12. And I want us to look at this, this queen that was before Esther Vashti. And it says, on the seventh, seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, in other words, he was drunk, he commanded Mehuman, Biztha, Harbona, Bigtha, and Abek, Abektha, Zethar, and Karkas, the seven chamberlains that served in the presence of Ahasuerus the king, to bring, listen to this, he was drunk, and he told his servants to bring Vashti the queen before the king with the crown royal to show the people and the princes her beauty. He wanted her to parade and perform for men, for she was fair to look on. But the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Therefore was the king very angry and his anger burned in him. Now I'll stop right there. Now, usually when we hear Vashti mentioned, it's, it's kind of mentioned like, okay, she was disrespectful. And for the culture, she was. Uh, she was dishonorable. And for the culture, she was. But it's like the king was saying to the queen, you know, come and parade yourself in front of these men for me. And it's like her consciousness refused to allow her to belittle herself like a show dog. And she says, no. And the king got angry. And long story short, the king fired Vashti. And then the king started looking for a new queen. And that's how Esther came into, came into the picture. But here's, here's the thing. As I was reading that, 
I heard the Holy Spirit say this, just because you have the title doesn't mean you have the position. She had the title of queen, but clearly she didn't have the position of queen in his heart. Because when a king really honors and loves his queen, he's not going to parade her beauty before other men. It was, I don't care what the culture, it was disrespectful for the king to take and bring his wife and ask her to perform for other men. And there was something that rose up in her that said, no, I can't do that. The king said, okay, you out of here. And he, he started searching for another. Just because you have the title doesn't mean you have the position. We, we can see that she was, so she was, it, clearly she was feeling like, okay, this dude is handling me like I'm an option. Like, you know, like, like I'm a, um, uh, what, this dude handling me like I'm a side chick or something. This, does he not know I'm the queen? And there was a certain dignity in her clearly that said, I'm not doing that. Even if it means I'm going to lose this crown, I'm not doing that. And she gave up her crown for her dignity. But we can see that she was an option in his eyes because of the king's willingness to exploit her. See, whenever you have somebody that exploits you, you're not a priority. You're an option. Somebody that disrespects you publicly, you're an option. Somebody that toys with your heart, you're an option. They, they know that you're, you're expecting them. They know that you're looking for them. They don't even have enough respect for you to call and say, well, I'm not going to make it. They just don't show up. And then three or four days later, they, they call you, you know, what's up? You're an option. Now, there are four things I want to share with you relative to the, the tragedy of positioning yourself as an option. The tragedy, especially to, to you ladies, the tragedy of positioning yourself as an option. When you allow yourself to live as an option, see, when you allow, I don't care how much money they do dropping off at the house, and you know this dude got a whole family on the other side of town, but you're an option. And if it came down to it tonight, that dude had to make a choice. You think he's going to leave his family? How long has he been telling you he's going to leave you? That man is not going to leave his family for you. You're just an option. You're just an option. And just because he's dropping money off, he probably just got it like that. You're an option. Okay, let me get back to my point. Number one, when you settle for that, when you settle for being someone's option and being, being an option time and time and time and time again, your last relationship, you was not the priority. You, 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 you were not the num- number one. You, you were an option in that relationship. This relationship, you're an option. Dude telling you, I'm going to leave. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you wifey. And, and yet, you know, number one, you are marketing. You are marketing to the wrong clientele. When you position yourself and you, you send out the message that I'm willing to be an option and see, yeah, there, there are ways that you send out the message that you're willing to be an option in, in your dress code. You know, a man can pretty much look at the way you dress and tell if you're desperate or not. 
I paused because I need y'all to really hear what I just said and think about it. I said, a man can tell by your dress code if you're desperate for a relationship or not. See, if you're just going out here and you just, you know, you're just showing all your business and you got all your stuff revealed, that's an indication to a man that you're desperate for a relationship. And that says to him, she's willing to settle for option status. And 99% of the time, that is an accurate assessment. Because any woman that understands that she's, she's not an option, she's a wife, she's going she's gonna to carry herself like that, she's going to dress like that. She's not wearing dresses that she got to pull down to stop her cheeks from showing and all of this kind of stuff. She's just not going to do it. She's not going to be wearing all of these tops that you can see through and no, no, you know, no undergarments on and all of this kind of thing. That, that, I don't care how cute you look, that's a clear sign that you're desperate and it's like putting blood in the water for sharks. The sharks begin to circle because you are marketing yourself to the wrong people. I was, I was saying on Instagram yesterday, in relationships, there are, it's, it's like uh, the mall. You have two, two types of people that are moving in and out of relationships. You have shoppers and you have purchasers. When you, when you putting everything in the, um, when you showing everything in the, the, the storefront window, you are appealing to shoppers. Now, here's the problem with shoppers. Shoppers many times are just addicted to the process. And shoppers will look in your window. They'll try your stuff on. Yeah, they'll try your stuff on and they'll, they'll put you back on the road. Back, and then they'll move down to the next store, try those people's stuff on, put that back and move all the way. Spend a whole day in the mall, knew they didn't have no money. They couldn't afford nothing when they left home. They just wanted to try the stuff on and take them some pictures for the gram. And see, you have you have you have men in relationships that are just shoppers. They're moving around from one woman to the next Moving around from one, trying your own. That's why, that's why you got to get out of this thing where you're laying down, giving your body away to all of these men, giving away all of this sex. They, they ain't purchasing. They're not, they're not going to close the deal. They're not trying to cut no covenant. They just, they just trying you on for size. And when they're through trying you on, putting their sin all over you, now they're going to move on to the next store and go and mess those people's clothes up. You have shoppers but then you have purchasers. The other day we were in Chicago on the Magnificent Mile and we went into Saks Fifth Avenue. Lisa and I walked in straight through the door and it's like you run right up on the fragrance counter. And there was this older salesperson. Before we saw him, he saw us. That man clearly recognized us as purchasers. And before I knew it, this man was from behind the counter. He was welcoming us and he was pulling us over there to the counter, which we went there to go and buy some fragrances. And and before I knew it, man, this man had me there and, and I was purchasing. Now, they had a whole lot of people, you know, swarming around us and, and move. But that man identified us in the crowd and said, let me go and grab them. Because there's a difference between shoppers and purchasers. A shopper will waste up all of your time and say, let me think about it. A purchaser is one 
that pretty much knew what they wanted before they left the house, said in their mind, I'm going to such and such a store and I'm going to buy such and such a thing and then I'm out. That's the way I shop. I don't typically walk through malls. I have my mind made up. This is what I'm going to go and get. I may look at it online. I say, this is what I'm going to go and get. I'm going to this store. And when I walk in, if they don't know me, they're trying to sell me. I, I don't want to talk about all that. I didn't come here for all that. I didn't come here to shop. I came here to buy. I know exactly what I want. Oh, but you know, it cost. I didn't ask you how much it costs. Where is it at? Bring it out. I came here for it. Let me give you my card. God bless you. Thank you. I'm out of here. I like it to be a five minute experience because I didn't go to shop. I didn't go to look around. I didn't go to test drive nothing. I didn't go to try nothing on. I knew what I wanted before I left the house. And see, when you present yourself as one that's open to being an option, you're going to always attract shoppers. You're going to you're going to always attract shoppers. And see, what what does a shopper, you know, shopper, eh, eh, double-minded man, the Bible says, is unstable in all of his ways. There's nothing solid. There's nothing consistent with a double-minded man. Wants it this minute. Don't know if I want it now. I think. And then watch this. A shopper will, will act like they're purchasing, bring you home, leave the tag on you wear you to the party, and then return you the next day. Thank you for listening today. If you would like more information or for other resources, please visit us on the web at rcblakes.com.